life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet opera diva Sabrina Francis. After singing the most beautiful songs in the most beautiful places in the world, she found herself voiceless, saying that for six months I didn't sing a note, not even a kitty song, and that's how I knew something was wrong. The loss of three family members back to back and just the wear and tear of life took its toll until God brought her to the realization that there was nothing wrong with her. The compound lies she had internalized all her life finally shattered. We call this episode, There's Nothing Wrong With Me, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Hello, girl. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad I could say that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It has been, I don't know how long. I was trying to calculate it there for a moment. Now, are you in New York? Where are you? I'm still in New York. I live in Yonkers, though, but, you know, that's 30 minutes outside of the city. All right. So what Kai said, hello. He said, please give her my love. So hello from Kai. Oh, please tell us hi. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you still singing? I know it's been many moons, so life has probably changed somewhat, but. So I haven't been performing as much the last uh, two, three years because I had surgery. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, and so. Um, just building up stamina. I, I went on a couple of tours mm-hmm. uh, after I had it. And I'm like, what was <laughs> you're like, hello. <laughs> what was I thinking? So basically, because um, I had started a business where I would, in between gigs, I would contract myself out to preschools and daycares and oh. school programs as a teaching artist. Yes. And so I would um, basically design programs and things. And I was fortunate. I had like, um, three preschools that um, I was there every week for about three or four hours mm-hmm. and so, I got it. so it was my steady I always knew I would have that and the parents it, it got to the point where they're like oh where are you going this year because I would come back and do and design a program right for based on where I had gone like the music and poetry and bring pictures and stuff so it was a lot of fun then I tried um, administration as in preschool right <laughs> not your not your thing no I was good at it but I, I realized the politics within and I've always done that within the preschools it was I hate to say it is like the the best the better job I did mm-hmm. the more opposition I got I mean mm-hmm. I took the school through COVID retained the staff and the school was becoming profitable but then there was some old dogs and I found out they were doing some kind of shisty things. Unfortunately, what I was, I wasn't trying to expose anything. I was just trying to get the book straight. So right. for that, I was like, eh, I'll go back to doing my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out of the politics of it all. 
That's great. I, I love working with kids is my passion. So anytime I hear that someone's working with kids, I'm like, oh, that's so good. Another awesome. And it's, so I, I get the best of both worlds right now. Like I'm I'm working myself up to start performing more again. Right. And, and so a, a colleague of mine introduced me to this lady, Tracy, who um, has started a program at a school five minutes from my house, literally five minutes. So I go in there and for four days a week, you know, I talk to the teachers and then the same thing I, I build out. And so um, we'll see. The principal keeps looking at me. I'll teach, Don't you want to teach full time? I'm like, no. <laughs> Especially now, teaching is just, it's its a mess right now. It really is. And I taught first grade last year at mm-hmm. charter school. Love the kids. Mm-hmm. Love the staff. Admin was going through a lot of changes. So they came down really hard on all of us. And um, But you know what? I was really proud of myself. I learned a lot. Okay. Kids excelled, even though they didn't, they felt like we could have done more. Right. But the more we did did do they were like well you know it's making you not adhere you know adhere to the schedule you'd be late with like five ten minutes so anyways so I just give license to it or try to work with it right but um, I was just fortunate I had quite a few teachers who would take the time and talk to us mm-hmm. and let us know we were okay right but would still call us higher yeah you know yeah and that's what I really really strive to be but I just know I have to do it outside of the class. And as you sure you understand. <laughs> I do. I do. And I, I, you know, I feel like, Sabrina, I feel like that's with most things now is that you have to kind of work outside the box, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's what you're trying to do in the classroom, but yet you have opposition coming from other directions. So you have to figure out a different way, um, mm-hmm. as well as obviously the work that I'm doing with people spiritually, just trying to get people you know, back up on their feet. Sometimes you you have to step outside the box in order to get well. And um, I'm gonna reframe it a little bit. Okay, God, what are you showing me? Maybe it doesn't fit what I've been, you know, shown forever and ever and ever. Maybe you're trying to tell me something slightly different, you know, mm-hmm. but to be uh, confident, I guess, enough, secure enough, listen to God and say, God, show me, point me in the direction you want me to go and let me trust that you're leading me. So outside the box. Anyway. No, it's true. And no, it's true. And it's like, that's been, um, I think, especially right before I had surgery, because that was not hilarious about the surgery, but how I ended up in Yonkers. I was living with this one couple and their two children because mm-hmm. I was renting a room in Washington Heights <laughs> and nice four floor walk up. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> And I was getting ready to go on tour and they're like, oh, we're moving to Rhode Island or something like that. And at first, my friend and I'm like, okay, well, we can take over the apartment because I've been working a lot. Right. So I had savings. I'm like, cool. I'm like, we'll just take over the apartment. Only to find out they had gone to a loan shark. <laughs> so because of that, <laughs> we ended up not being able to take over apartment and I was going to come back to California or go back to California right but a really good friend of mine was like no I know somebody who has a place in um Yonkers so I ended up renting a, a an a attic apartment for about two years until I moved into this apartment I have 
mm-hmm. now I'm very grateful for it <laughs> very, very much. But it's been a lot of just trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? I was like, why is this happening? Right. You know, right. and it was funny because I saw your book. I remember it was this one, um, one of my many nights where I couldn't sleep. <laughs> well, just thinking, you know, now I'm sleeping peacefully, but it's like, you know. Right. And you crossed my mind. It was so funny. And then I just happened to put your name in. I was like, get out of here. She's doing exactly what I'm going through. I'm like, <laughs> That's why I was so floored when I, you know, I received your your um, message and you know he always sends like 10,000 people to tell you the same thing yes yes and um basically for me it's been it's given me time the first time really ever in my life at least um, since I was 14 to really be still and have the time to figure this out even to heal physically Mm -hmm. and um yeah, so actually, I, I I see it, and I'm and at times it it makes me really um, not anxious but nervous because you've wanted something for so long and you kind of right. see how the doors are starting. And then I'm like, oh, right. the accountability, but it's what you love, and then all of a sudden now all these people are these singing opportunities are coming at the same time, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. But it's just funny. And my friend kept telling me, rest now, because when floodgates open, yeah. you have to be ready. Yeah, you, know? you got to be ready to walk through the door. And it's really funny. I love you. When you reached out, you said something about coming out of your cocoon and, and kind of conquering those fears, you know. And it's true. There are things that we pray for or silently hope and pray for. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we're not even brave enough to say them out loud. and then God starts to open the door to it the very thing that we've been wanting and you feel yourself pulling back Mm -hmm. just getting the courage to put one foot in front of the other and take the step anyway it's true and it's even I know for me fighting to be quiet Mm -hmm. with it all because I always I guess like everybody you start thinking like wait for the shoe to drop or am I doing enough or is it okay to say no to this? Or am I supposed to be doing that? You know, the, all those things. Right. Through, um, God started exposing all these things within family dynamic. Mm-hmm. That was, you always felt something was there. And so um, even though it was really hard, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Because it just took the scab off of whatever it was. It was perfect because about three years ago, we had had, a, I guess, an onion peel with some things, just not understanding where he, what each other was doing in their lives, especially me. Right. Because he's the baby, but he's always so concerned, like he's the older brother, you know. It's been good, but it's also made me realize um, how I need to speak up when I feel things as opposed to just not trusting my instinct or, yeah, you know, not wanting to rock the boat. But it was good. And I feel like that's been happening throughout my family mm-hmm. <laughs> on different levels, but it's it's good and it's it's timely because I see everyone giving each other grace and not and not trying to make everybody fit into a box, not to be vague because I don't want to tell everybody's business. But I know me personally, it was a big um, relief, right? And so it, I felt like it gave me permission to really listen. And not second guess. Am I really hearing God say to do this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and um, and have the courage to step out because I didn't do a lot of things, but because of my family, right? You know, my parents, my sister, um, and now it's like there's no excuse. <laughs> you know, but it's good. It's it's I'm growing up in my fifties. Yeah, there is something honestly something magical about hitting fifty. And you start shedding all the stuff that used to weigh you down, mm-hmm. you know, things that like, you wouldn't speak your mind or you wouldn't say things. And, you know, and then you reach 15, you go, girl, please. And that's what it feels like. Even I was driving in my car and I'm like, I've driven around here. I don't know how many times. Why does it seem so clear? Yeah. All of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe it was my medicine. <laughs> And I was like, no, this is I'm like your heart feels light. I feel like it's a gift. Like, and my friend even told me, she's like, you're different. She mm-hmm. goes, you're different. She says, like, feels like huge weight has been lifted off the, you know, off of yeah. your spirit. And um, so that surgery, though it seemed like like the end of it all, it slowed me down. And I've had to work through all the layers because I couldn't be as independent. Where are you now? I'm in Reno, Nevada. I know. Right? Everybody's like, what? I know. <laughs> yeah. Like you were saying, you know, um, a lot of things slowed me down. You know, God wanted to take me in a whole different direction. My life here in Reno is, is basically night and day from what it was before. And there was a time I probably would have been kicking and screaming against that. And now I'm like, yeah, this is this is the sweetest spot I think I've ever been as far as mm-hmm. just my, my lifestyle and what I'm doing. Uh, who knew? Because just like you, entertainment was my life, mm-hmm. you know? And you can't even imagine yourself outside of it. It's hard. It's hard because, um, you know, I, it is. It's like I know my my litmus test is that the right way to say it, it was if I don't want to sing, I know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's how I gauge it when I or I don't want to listen to music. I'm like, something's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was, I'm not that was a good six months. I didn't sing at all. So often we think we're the only one going through or have gone through the various mm-hmm. things we've gone through. And it's not true just somebody else is silently suffering through theirs. So if nothing else, I'd love you just to share some of the lessons that you've learned over the years. Okay. Wow, I think, I don't know, this is the first thing that came to mind is with my parents, like when they both passed, like each time, um, one, I was blown away by um, just how supportive people were, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even with my sister too, it's like I think about when Deborah passed, and then my mom, well, my dad first, and then my mom, just how people really rallied around my family. And I know that was completely God. And, mm-hmm. and I'm and I even say for me personally, because I know I took each and every one of them so hard. I think more than I even let up or even realized myself. Right. Because I felt a piece of me shut down. For each one, you know, yeah. yeah. And I remember, uh, whoo, my dad. Um, yeah, I was because he and I had this running joke that 
you know, when I got married, he would walk me down the aisle. And then he had a stroke. He's like, I don't care. You can put me on the Segway. I'm coming, you know. <laughs> we had this whole running joke. And I remember, and I knew it was it was soon because he was having some kidney issues on dialysis and everything. Right. And um, I remember talking to him. I, I was like, gosh, dad, I'm so sorry that, you know, I didn't give you the opportunity and I didn't give you and my grandchildren. And because that was something that was really eating me up, you know. Right. And, um, and at that point, my mom had had a stroke. So she had aphasia. She could say little phrases. Mm-hmm. You know? and unless she sang, then it was perfect. And I know they know that about people wow. with aphasia. It was perfect. Um, he, They both, especially when he's like, you know what? He was like, You've done nothing but made us proud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my mom in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I had the biggest cry. And then. I just, I was just, just grateful. I was like, wow, God, thank you for giving me the parents you gave me. And thank you for letting me have this conversation because I wasn't going to do it. But I felt like just being egged, you know? And um, and I was there while I was outside. My brother was in the room, actually, when my father passed because we were all taking turns. And, um, and that was intense. And then I remember everybody's like, we can't talk to mama. I'm like, I'm telling you, if you ask questions, especially yes or no, mm-hmm. or you talk and you give her the chance, she really does. She speaks. And I would, I'm like, mom, just sing it, you know, but she would get phrases out. And she, you know, she, and, um, and I'll never forget, we were sitting in front of my niece's house. I had gone out to California and she was looking up at the sky. She used to do stuff like this all the time. It used to freak me out. But she was... <laughs> <laughs> and she was just, you know, she was like, oh, I see. She goes, don't worry. You're not going to be alone forever. I was like, what in the world is she talking about? And she saw, you know, she was like, you know, I'm proud of you. And then and I, well, we just sat there for a while and I just took it in. But she killed me right before she passed. I was on... I called her and she goes, happy birthday. I'm like, my birthday's not for another week. Wow. And she just laughed. She said, that's okay. Happy birthday. Wow. And then the next week she passed, you know, but there were moments that I have with her that no one else did, you Mm -hmm. know? And even though it was hard, I mean, everybody had their own, but it was hard. I was still very grateful and I know those were like little kisses, right? You know, from God because I fought so hard for them when they were here. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, I I put a lot of my stuff on hold to take care of them. You know, right? Um, and so in a way, that was my. Someone told me was like, well, you if you had a family, you couldn't have done that. Yeah, and and it's true because. It was hard for my sister. It was hard for my brother because they had their family units. They had to, not they didn't try. Right. You know, and um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's taken a lot to, to work through that and to really, as I say, count your blessings, but to really see that they really, within everything, yeah, there are those times, look for the, look for the gentle breezes look for the ravens that are going to feed you. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, that's it. Even with these last two jobs, that were terrible. 
I saw, I, I would see how God took care of me even in that. Um, but then I have a really dear friend, Rebecca, who really, she held my hand spiritually for a good year. Mm. Just constantly, like, God loves you. You have to see, yes, you're angry. Yes, you may feel shut down. Right. But he still loves you. Mm. You need to remember that. He's crying with you. This scripture, that scripture. And then out of the blue, like I said, God would just send people. Right. Kinsia, who I hadn't spoken to in like six months. She's another singer, mm-hmm. a friend that I have. And um, she's like, what's going on with school? And I'm like, I was going to you in a year. What's up about school? <laughs> she did the same thing. She goes, you know, when I finished mine, it was hard. She goes, took nothing but but praying and just listening to God. She says, I know what I was doing, you know. And she goes, you know what? I'm going to check on you. When you finish, I'm going to take you to lunch. Because I know you're going to finish. She goes, if you have any kind of dissertation fees, which I didn't. She goes, I'll pay for those. And I'm like, get out of here. You know, I know, random. (laughs) I walk in and there's Hortensia. And she said, did you finish school when we were talking? And that's just kind of how it's been. I say the last three yeah, since yeah, since I had the surgeries, it's people. Mm. And so and I think that's why, actually I know that's why, because I feel like he slowed me down, but he's put people that are hold my hand. And they've written they've and they've never just said, This is what I think. It was always like, let's go to the scripture. This is what happened to me. This is the scriptures that helped me. These are right. stories let's dig, you know. So I think that's why actually I know that's why now right. like, oh, we can actually go sing. But yeah, so God is faithful. Right. God people there to hold your hand, to hear him when you feel like you can't hear him. Mm, I love that. I love that. When you said, I wrote that one down, that God slowed me down, but he gave me people who would hold my hand. You know, I, I hear that because whatever God does in our lives, whether he's slowing us down, speeding us up, or whatever the case may be, He always gives us the support we need in order to do what it is he's calling us to do, you know, for you to have these friends out of the blue (laughs) show up and speak the very things that God had been speaking to you, you know, is not coincidental, but so often we just don't slow down. You know, we, I don't know, something about today, we are always in a hurry. If I slow down, I'm going to miss the next gig. If I slow down, I'm going to miss, you know, it's like we're always in a rush and often God has to put us in a surgery or whatever the case may be to force us to slow down. Yeah, it's been, been, (laughs) but it's been good. I know it is, it has been intense. I mean, I think, um, and I'm not ashamed to say it anymore. I've always been a crier mm-hmm. in the sense of things moving me. Mm-hmm. Or if I felt like, you know, something was hurting somebody else, you know. But I was, I never really, and, and I would cry, but I would never really just let myself go. Yeah. And actually sob. But I can honestly say I've had some dirty cries in my life. <laughs> four years but 
is only and it's been like the last two where I don't feel ashamed about it anymore. Mm. Feel it, you yeah. know. There's no shame in it, and and it's funny because I was always telling that to the kids. Oh, just let it out, hon. And I'm sitting here like I gotta suck it up and keep going. <laughs> I gotta suck it up and keep going. And I and it's neat. It's it's changed how I interact with people. I'm I'm still naturally a shy person. I always have to kind of get past that walk mm-hmm. to the like feel comfortable. Don't worry about what people are thinking. Just be yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Um that's just just it. That's ever for it. That's just me. And but I've learned it it doesn't take as long mm-hmm. to that point as it used to. And um, and I think a lot of it is that because I don't feel alone. Well, that that's a big one. That is a big one because so many people feel alone. How did you? What got you there? If it's if it's possible to put words to it, because so many of us, even in relationships with God, we still feel alone. Um, really looking to see that there's nothing wrong with me mm. in the sense of not saying I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Not saying, but this me is supposed to be this way, mm. and it and it's it's it really has taken like digging through all of that, and then these people, right. you know, and then even my friends, be it Christian or not or whatever, I talk to them, and as for the first time, I I've been hearing them. It's like it's like all these people I haven't seen in like 10, 15, 20 years have been coming out of the woodworks. I've been so excited because. You, I love you guys. All these people I've admired, you know what I mean? And I remember I would talk to y'all and in the back of my brain, I'm thinking, I'm not good enough. These people are so awesome. I, it was there. Right. And I had to realize it was there, you know? And um, the thing that's been so neat to hear is like, they're like, when we talk, um, we always knew you loved us the way we were. Mm. And it was true, but I never really thought about it because that's what I wanted. So that's, of course, what, you know. Right. And and then, like, we can always pick up from where we left off. off. It doesn't seem. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, wow. If people feel that way with you, I'm like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. And that was one of the things I had with my brother. Mm-hmm. It's like he, something had happened, and it was a complete misunderstanding. But I told him, I said, there's nothing wrong with me. But if there's something that happened, just tell me. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'm not perfect. And the only way we're going to work through something, if we're honest, whether the other person likes it or not, we can just talk through it. Right. You know? And, but that's it. I'm like, I, I was like, I was, I have this picture of me when I was like 19 or 20. And I, I have it on my wall. Mm-hmm. So I look at it and I'm like, wow, look how tiny you were. I was like a size nine, right? ten. Right, right. But I let the doctor tell me I was obese because yeah. I weighed 176, 180 right. instead of 140, according to his chart. And I starved myself and I worked out. My brother's like, what are you doing? I remember that. I remember that day. It's so funny how these red corduroys. And he's <laughs> like, I love those corduroys. <laughs> was like what are you doing what what he goes there's nothing wrong with you you're you're fine hmm. you know and i'm like but the doctor told me i remember i said the doctor told me wow and because i like constantly having to 
reverse those scripts because there's so many times someone would tell me something. And even if I refuted it, I still internalized it. Yeah. You know, so a lot of reversals, you know, and um, it's God because I mean, uh. yeah, he's got therapy, but he's put the people there. He's, he's, um, it just, even when I read my Bible, and I know I need to read it more, <laughs> but when I read it, I know it's like, wow, why do I see this so differently now? Yeah. You know, I see it's like everyone seems did that much more alive when I read it because, oh, that's us. Nothing's really different. It's just, just move a little faster. Things are shiny, but it's like I sit there feel like, I can sit there and talk to this person because right. they're feeling exactly or the a lot of the same things I am. Yeah. But what's the but what's the common denominator is that God's there? Yeah. You know oh. I mean? But we are beating ourselves up. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm and God is going, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. I'm gonna make some tweaks mm. here and there, but there's nothing wrong with you. And we fight against God. Like crazy. Like crazy. Mm -hmm. Trying to convince God that he's wrong about me. Mm -hmm. Maybe about somebody else, but surely not me. And I, oh, I can only imagine how much that hurts God's heart. What was it? Um, I have this third grade class that I see at the school down the street. Mm -hmm. And those little kids, and it, it just with this made me think about the first day I had them. We were all on the courtyard and I was asking the, I was asking them, do you like stories? Do you like to tell stories? They're like, no, we don't like stories. I'm like, you're third grade. How do you not like stories? <laughs> you know, most of them were saying, oh, because the stories are too long. You like short stories. I'm like, well, we can do that. Right. We can make a short story. But these <laughs> girls, this one girl looked at me, her big old eyes. My brain doesn't work. I was like, what? And the other was like, I can't read. And I was in, I wanted to cry because yeah. I was like, what do you mean your brain doesn't work? I said, no. I said, everyone's brain works the way it's supposed to. I said, I'm here to help you see how your brain works. And then we're going to deal with it that way. And the same thing, little girl who, um, who said she couldn't read. I'm like, don't worry. We'll figure it out, you know, and we'll move forward. Everybody here is going to grow. Right. And, um, but that stuck with me. It, as you see, it still does. Every time I see her, you know, I'm like, how are you doing? <laughs> her big eyes. But she was so sad when she said it. Like, people kept telling her her brain, something was wrong with her. And I did, I, I did say that there's nothing wrong with you or your brain. It's mm -hmm. just, we have to figure out how it works. And that's it. Right. Right. And, Gosh, I wish I had learned that lesson 10 years ago. But at the same time, I learned it when I was supposed to learn it. Exactly. And you weren't ready. No, I wasn't. I don't know what it would have been. <laughs> I love that, though, because I, I think we complicate our relationships with God. You know, I, I don't think, well, God is unbelievably magnificent, but I don't think God makes himself so difficult that we can't grasp him. You know, mm -hmm. and for you to simply say, what do you mean your brain doesn't work? Your brain does work and I'm here to help. That's how I believe God looks at us. What do you mean? 
you're not good enough. Yes, you are. You know what I mean? I think God yeah. is simpler so that we can grasp uh, who he is, the essence of who he is and how he feels about us. And we complicate it. That's so true. My, I think about my forever, like I love checklists. Mm-hmm. My forever checklist, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, um, it's so, <laughs> I've made my checklist very simple. <laughs> I have to. Because it's, it's uh, you know, some people have like these big organizers or online, they have like all these spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm like, I have, I have these little tiny brown books. Mm-hmm. Each book is for every little project or whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to write in my little book because I got to keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I've been, I can always, oh, here they are. These little brown books. Oh, yes. <laughs> And it's made, um, well, I guess you said I figured out what works for me. To, I, I have to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's funny you said that. It's like God, he, he makes it simple. And I know I did. When I ran after all the bells and whistles and everything. And um and it's so easy to do that, thinking all the bells and whistles are going to make us better, yeah. or more organized. And they just, it just gives you more to do, <laughs> you know? And um, and it's funny because I have a, a dear friend, brilliant, but like every, she's like this and this. And I'm like, we can't have three different apps that all do the same thing. Can we just choose one? Right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Yeah, we live life as a hamster on the, on the little wheels, you know, and we're exhausting ourselves. Most people, 98% of the people in the world are exhausted. You know, yeah. if you ask them, we, we're all exhausted and we don't have to live this way, but we have to be very intentional to unplug. That's so true. Like, I, lo- I love the dark and I don't like the dark. Mm-hmm. Um when I, it's a challenge for me, not so much as it used to be, to actually just turn off the light and the TV, mm-hmm. put the phone away, and just let there and let it just be dark. Right. Like it's only been the last year I actually turned off my notifications. I was like, I can't turn them off. What if somebody called? You know what I mean? It's like, and and I was like, wow, the peace I feel in those moments. I'm like. Why am I afraid of that peace? It's almost like we're afraid of that peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's interesting. Yeah. Be be still, be quiet, and just be. And it's oh, it's so foreign. It has become so foreign to us that it frightens us. Like you said, something that should be normal is now frightening. This has been awesome. This, I mean, I can just sit here and chit chat. It's so good to see you and just yeah, hear your voice again. You. You, know? I become, you know, it's, I can say the same thing. It's like, you have one of the most melodious and relaxing voices. No, it is. It's like, I remember, um, I always thought that. It's mm. like, you. I always felt a, a sense of peace around you, mm. you know? And especially at that time, my hamster head, I was so great. <laughs> I'm so true. So happy. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, oh yeah, because I know 
my 20s, even my um, early 30s, it was, I think this is when I first started doing a lot of digging, but, um, you know, that was a lot. I, I don't think people realize all the stuff that was going on. <laughs> I don't think I realized. Right? <laughs> I didn't realize. I just knew that when you open your mouth, this incredible voice would come out and I would go, wow, God, because I mean, I look at whatever gift people have, whether it's singing, talking, you know, whatever it is, it, it's God speaking through you. And I feel that way. I finally have, it's only been recently. I finally accept that now mm. that, um, cause I have a friend, Linda, she's like, you don't understand when you sing people cry. She's been telling me that for like 20 years. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, but there's a reason it's, 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 I mean, it, that's my ministry. That's your ministry. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's, it, it become, it's an open vessel. Yeah. That when you open your mouth and I don't say this just to, you know, puff you up when mm. you open your mouth. It just, it's almost like God is saying, now I can speak. It's, you know, it's just, that that's how it came out. And that's why people cry. It, it moved people because mm -hmm. it's almost like you felt you were being moved. You've been ushered closer to God. And it's, it's funny. Go ahead. No, no, no. no because I'm, I'm singing at next week. Um, uh, my friend, her mom, phenomenal singer, she's doing a recital. Mm -hmm. And so her daughter's doing this whole surprise at her birthday celebration afterwards. And so I'm singing the song. Her mom is always sung at these different funerals and everything. It's an old spiritual. And at first I was nervous about it. I was like, she's like, why are you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> but then when I um I rehearsed yesterday with this young man, and I was like, wow. I haven't been able to sing like this in so long because I've been, you know, so, and then there was no, I didn't have the opportunity to, but even still, I would try. I always feel like there was something blocking, even though I was singing. Right. But yesterday, I'm like, all right, now it means I'm supposed to be doing this again. That's how I took it. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I'm excited. I feel like my life is. I'm telling you, this is so funny that I'm talking to you now. I feel like everything is so different. Hmm. It's so different, you know? And I just want to hold on to this time and remember. <laughs> so when it does get tough, then I'm like, right. no, this is, you know what I mean? Yeah, even yeah. Like today, it's like I sat in the house and I did things. I'm like, well, I actually looked at a TV show and I wasn't doing something else. I'm like, what? Who am I? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're living in the moment, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we so don't do that. And the longer you're in the entertainment field, you're definitely not living in the moment because you're trying to get to the next carrot. You know, you're constantly moving yeah. your neck from gig to gig. And it, it just sounds like you're now sitting and relishing and enjoying the moment that you're in right now, yeah. you know. I don't know what the next moment's going to be, but God, in this moment, mm -hmm. I'm going to just sit with you and go with it. And that's that. And for me, anyway, that that feels that's freeing. I feel mm -hmm. free. Yeah. And that's to me, that's ginormous. Right. I mean, it's for anybody to feel it really is. I'm like, 
uh, you know, <laughs> pinch me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, more than anything, it's just the honesty of it. Like really fighting to be honest and not be afraid of, not be mean or rude or selfish, but right. just honest. You know, so, you know, like I said, just to be still and, and hopefully see, like I said, whatever direction is going to be that. If it's not the right way, you'll be corrected. So it's not like I don't have to sit there and worry right. about it. Yeah. There's nothing mm-hmm. to prove, you know, just to kind of go full circle when you were sharing about your parents, you know, which was so beautiful. That's how God sees us. We think we let him down. Mm-hmm. We think we've disappointed him because we didn't give him something or do something. But their response was, you've given me everything. I'm so proud of you. You know, and that is God with us. And for you to be able to accept it from your parents and and live in that, Mm -hmm. God is wanting us to do the same with him. He's saying, I gave you those parents so you can feel that, understand what that's like. Now, do that with me. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you. You know, it's just, oh, I'm loving. Good, good. See, got chills. (laughs) <laughs> every interview i get at least chills at one point in, in this <laughs> anyway yeah. girl I'll, I'll let you go to bed <laughs> it's been awesome just catching up so really well i would love to see you so hopefully our paths will you know will cross not just being able to sit here and talk to each other via zoom but actually see each other face to face but awesome. just know that you've always been a joy god has had you on my heart I know it was random when I reached out, but you have, it has just randomly, you popped up often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept going, okay, God, you're saying I got to reach out to Sabrina Francis. So I was just hoping that you would respond back and you did. I was like, amen, meant to be. <laughs> All right, girl, much, much love to you. Thanks for hanging with me. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.